Hey, Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything. So on our last episode, we talked a little bit, or maybe it was our last T6 minutes, we were talking uh-huh. a bit about Blood and Plunder, yep. the Pirates game that they're releasing a new edition for, and they came out with a Kickstarter that has lots of new minis and actual plastic boats. Yes, so and I- the reason why I Kickstarted it was basically the boats. I'm marginally interested in the rules and the pirate miniatures, but I'm really into the boats. Yeah, I think that's the selling point. Like we've all seen cool looking pirates before and they've got decent looking pirates that aren't like your usual heroic scale, giant head, ham fisted guys. So they're, they're a little bit heroic scale, I think, but they're not like over the top heroic scale. Yeah. Yes. They're moving in the right direction. (laughs) Yep, and, and actually, I think some of their models are don't seem heroic scale. I don't know if those are special edition models or what, but like some of them look sweet. Yeah. yeah so as like their boats are plastic, but if you weren't going to get those and you wanted like a terrain piece, which I know you've built small boats before. Yeah. So, so basically, yeah, really cool this all terrain. came. Yeah. So basically, this all came around with. Um, uh, me buying a uh, Frostgrave Ghost Archipelago, right? And I love the setting. It's basically kind of archipelago, jungle archipelago, um, I guess before before Black Powder kind of era. Kind of like the, if you think about the Sinbad, right? The, the, uh, the story, right? The Sinbad story where he goes, he's a sailor, right? And he goes around sailing around that's the kind of thing that i was thinking about i'm like man this is a really cool setting watched a bunch of cartoons the classic movie and all that kind of stuff and and just as an entirely different high adventure fantasy setting that is not the european i don't know what you call it lord of the rings type european setting it is a great archetypal and also famous and popular setting and so I just love the idea. And of course, though, if you're going to do that, you need a boat. Yes, you do. And there aren't too many boat kits out there. So yeah, they're, they're, and of the boat kits out there, actually, they, they mostly come from Blood and Plunder. Like, technically, there are a lot of boat kits, but not in the 156, 28 millimeter scale, right? No, and if you went for like the totally the miniatures ones, or the, mm-hmm. the more model building boats, they'd be a little too detailed to just throw your miniatures all over and not just break them and even have places to stand I, your miniatures think, when you get too realistic. I think you could probably have that, right? Like we're adults now, so we're, we're yeah. fine with more detailed stuff, mm-hmm. but there are some issues with that. Like the, the one biggest issue with uh, real boat models, like full boat models, is that they actually do the whole hull and the bottom of the hull which is a problem when you're trying to do it on, on, on a table because you only want the part of the boat that's above water, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yep. <laughs> I guess you could technically I chop just, them, but a lot of them are like, worried. sorry, yeah, go on. I was just worried about the top with all, all the extra rigging and all the little itsy-bitsy things. That It's just a mm-hmm. lot of time to build it. When you're building miniatures for gaming, you don't, you don't really need that much detail. I, I, want, I want that. It looks uh, great. Uh-huh. <laughs> But but then I don't want to chop my boat in half if I have to build it. Especially, uh, you know, the structural integrity is, of a boat is generally uh, below below the, the waterline, right? 
yeah, they're going to probably so, have these frame pieces that go on the inside, and you're going to hack the frame pieces into nothing <laughs> when, you, when you hack the bottom. How are you, yeah, how are you going to keep it all together? So um, you basically, when you need a boat for miniature gaming, you only want things above water. So you're, you're, the kind of boat you're going to take is going to be significantly different than the actual boat thing. So you need things built basically for 28 millimeter gaming. Yeah, and I mean, you build wood stuff all the time if you're going to do fantasy terrain. So it doesn't seem like that much of a stretch. Like, yeah, I could totally build a boat. But most mm-hmm. people usually don't. I've seen a few people bring them into our game store. But you don't see them all that often. Which might be because people I, don't play that many pirate games. But if that game becomes popular, then hey, people are going to want more boats. And maybe, maybe you just make your own boat for the game and bring your own pirates. And it becomes a yeah. bring your own miniatures game. <laughs> and that is what we want to talk more about. Is how would you build a boat? That's basically the topic for uh, this podcast. Yeah. So, so you've built a few smaller like rowboats, which I mean, mm-hmm. if I did, I would probably just shell out for one of those Reaper Bones little boat things. I, I did that as well. Oh, okay. But they're a little bit small. So those are like, mm-hmm. but two person boats, yeah, right? With a, ro- so, with a rowboat, you expect like a real rowboat. You can be like, yeah, I could put six people on this rowboat if it was actually meant for the sea. Yeah. The- so like the one that they use to go to shore, right? And I don't know. I know nothing about boats for real, but yeah. just from movies, it looks like the general rowboats they use is is like six. Yeah, exactly what you're saying. Six person rowboats as opposed to the two person rowboats that are are from uh, Reaper Bones. Yeah, which is partially just because the bases on the models are kind of big. So, like maybe if they didn't no, have bases, I think so. Different. They're pretty small. Yeah, I've, I've they're seen like them. they're like small robots. They're like slightly bigger than a canoe. Yeah, you don't want to put this robot on the sea. You're, it's gonna fall. It's gonna capsize. It's gonna uh, flip over on the sea. Canoe in the sea, but you just gotta be careful. Like you're not gonna be the the rowboats in general for like that that the six person rowboats. They they're not made to go in the middle of the sea. They're like to, yeah, they're made to, to board shore. from shore, right? But you yeah. still have all the waves breaking as you come in. So you know you gotta have a decent rowboat. I don't know. Okay, I don't know anything about rowboats. So you know more than me. Okay, sure. Uh huh. I have rowed a rowboat. There you go. <laughs> Not on the sea, though. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, all right. So, yeah. What were you saying, sorry, before I really interrupted you? Um, what was I saying? Five oh, I built, I built a rowboat. Yeah. Yes. A six-person rowboat. Yep. The question is, like, I think you built that all out of just pure, like, popsicle sticks, which seems like an obvious material to use. Or stir sticks? No. No? Nope. So I used hardboard as the base. Yep. And then I used... What did I use on top of that? I used balsa wood. Oh, so you used balsa wood, not stir sticks. Yeah. The reason why is because stir sticks are... um, They're much more rigid and they're harder to build up. Mm-hmm. So maybe the stir sticks would be okay for the flat parts of the boat. Also, I use plastic card. Plastic card's also really good. It doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't so basically, the what I did was I used a hardboard base so that you know it's large and it's sturdy because I, I I don't want it to like collapse right. And then I used plastic card um, underneath to give the basic shape of the boat, and then I put on. Uh, so because plastic card like thick plastic card is is quite sturdy and it's not going to break 
right? Yeah, but it's less prone to warping from paint too, so it's a good base to start with. Yeah, yeah. So, and then I covered it with balsa wood basically to make it look nicer and give it a little bit more like wood thickness. Mm-hmm. So the idea basically is that um, plastic card is is tough, right? And if I had made the entire thing out of balsa wood, then I'd be afraid of it shattering into a million pieces when we actually use it. Yeah, because if I use only the yep. Because the durability of yours seems like if you dropped it on the floor, it's got over an 80% chance of surviving. Yeah, I think so. It's pretty sturdy. 80% is not. You don't want to drop it at 80%. (laughs) One in five is destroyed. Yeah. But But, yeah, exactly. And then so the outward – so this is the kind of thing that um, I guess when you you think about gaming as opposed to just modeling, something that you're going to put on your uh, shelf, is that sturdiness matters, right? And so you don't want to just use the things that look like if you're just doing it as a display piece, you can do use just what looks pretty and just will look correct. But you then don't even want to transport that thing, right? You don't even want to pack it into a car and move to a new place with it because you're afraid it's going to shatter. Well, if you're gaming, you need to be able to be pushing it around the a table and like all day basically right you're touching it moving it putting things on top of it it's got to be a little bit more sturdy yeah you're going to bump it with your arm if you're moving things it's just inevitable yeah Yeah, you don't have to necessarily think that you're going to drop it as as you know like a like a toy that a a child needs to to play with right Mm -hmm. but you need to be able to be pushing it touching it even like toppling it over it needs to be able to survive that and i'm not sure balsa wood an entirely balsa wood construction uh, especially with a boat where you need to kind of wrap the balsa wood so it needs to bend is safe. Yep. Yeah, there's you're just gluing ba- the, just your joints when you glue balsa to balsa mm-hmm. doesn't always end up being the strongest joint. It might be the most realistic because if you just had like the lower and upper decks, you could have really thin sections to it. And you could have people go underneath it, but then it becomes rather weak. Yeah. The, the other thing you can do with balsa wood to make it stronger, of course, is, is like, like everything, just layer pieces on top of, on top of each other, right? So you have your base layer, and then you put on a second layer, and then a third layer. And then once you have three pieces of balsa wood glued together, it actually does become pretty, yep. pretty decent. So, Mm-hmm. So when you I think to... it's probably at that point mostly the glue that's that is sturdy, but you know what? The glue is part of it now. Yep. It's like cardboard, right? They like take a whole bunch of dust and then you just add a shit ton of glue into that thing and it becomes like hard as fuck and, and rigid. Solid again. Yes. So when you get to the bigger boat, I think the technique will probably become a little bit different than the mm-hmm. small boat. You might want to start off the same with like a really rigid hardboard base or a plexicard base probably to give it a nice flat surface because you're going to be putting it on your table. You might yeah. you probably don't want to start with like a styrofoam base because it'll start getting things stabbed into the inside. And when you go to paint yeah, it, that makes sense. Yeah. If you try and spray paint the thing, your spray paint's going to eat away at the styrofoam if you leave it exposed. So you'd say start off with something hard like either plastic hard, like one eighth thick or one eighth thick hardboard or would you go thicker with the hardboard on the base for a bigger boat? Actually, that's a, that's a good point. You could actually start with very, very thin plastic card and then just glue um, the, some foam for a general structure. And the reason why I'm saying this is because like you said, you don't, you want to protect your thing so that when you're dragging it across the board, it's not going to cut up all the bottom. Right. 
but a thin layer of plastic card is fine. It's enough, right? So I don't know actually, like you need something to keep it rigid because you're gonna add a lot of glue, right? So you, you don't want it to bend too much, but I don't think you necessarily need hardboard, hardboard to do it, right? Like you can just use a thin layer of plastic card to protect a uh, foam and then have your foam be the base. Because again, like we're talking about pink foam, like the insulation, what do you, whatever you call it, extruded, whatever, styrofoam. XPS, yeah. yeah, XPS styrofoam that people always use for um, building um, terrain and stuff, right? Um, I think you could use that as a base. It's, it's, it's relatively rigid. It's just the sturdiness. You know, this is actually one of those things that I do with um, my, the, the buildings that I do often is like use the pink foam and then just layer something to protect it. Right. So my latest build for um, a building, uh, like a quick make building is basically you take the, the pink uh, XPS you build your building, your basic structure of your building, and then you just layer on top a thin layer of like cheap plastic, uh, you know, it's basically uh, the equivalent of, um, of your plastic card, right? But I basically used, uh, for my cheap building, I used, because I wanted to make it cheap and fast to build, uh, I just picked up everything. Well, besides the, the XPS, I picked up the uh, plastic card just from a, a like a, a for sale sign from a dollar store and yep. layered it on, right? But what that does is it basically makes it much harder and tougher to, to take the wear and tear, the surface wear and tear that actually over time will wear something down. So you just need probably a thin layer of plastic card on the bottom. Yeah, like even MDF will take some damage when people, people don't pack it away carefully. MDF turns That's their true. damage at the corner. But the like hardboard and MDF, it's pretty tough. Like they're pretty similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think MDF would probably be fine as well. Yep. So I guess while we're on that part of the topic and since uh -huh. crafting lately, I find that to stop things like MDF and hardboard from getting the edges beaten up too badly mm -hmm. is to, before painting them, just cover them with a layer of shiny craft paint, mm -hmm. which is sometimes hard to get the texture right. Or sometimes maybe you can even make use of the texture as when your brush goes across craft paint as opposed to good miniature quality paint it'll leave thicker grooves in it. So you could make it work to your advantage for a boat, mm. drag your brush the direction you want the wood grain, and mm -hmm. then the craft paint may leave some of that behind. And for the craft paint though, you want shiny craft paint, since it's got more binder than your matte craft paint, which is mm -hmm. what makes it really tough is the binder, but also by being mm -hmm. tough, it turns shiny. So if mm -hmm. you say coat the, the sharp edges and the corners of whatever thing you're trying to make look like wood with the craft paint and sort of fill the grain in with painting, that I find stops the edges of those things from chipping up too badly. So that's a good point, actually. So again, this is about protection. This, we're talk, talking now specifically about corners, right? Because like hardboard MDF, the, the base MDF is going to be fine, but it is the corners that kind of wear down. Yeah. So basically by painting over uh, it with craft paint, craft paint has like a little bit of give right? But it's relatively sturdy. It lay, layers on a protective layer so that if anything gets chipped or whatever smushed, first of all, because it has give, give, it won't wear down as much. It'll just give, right? And then it'll flex out afterwards. Um, yeah, it's got some flex to it. Yeah. But even if it does get damaged, you can literally just repaint it over, right? To keep, to keep it protected. Yep. The other aspect of hardboard is the edges are really hard to sand because it's obviously, we said, just made of bits of fiber. 
So unlike uh-huh. sanding wood, where you can get wood to a pretty fine finish, uh-huh. hardboard doesn't sand so nicely. But if you've got the edges more or less how you want them, then you put the paint over them, the craft, the, the shiny craft paint over them. Then you can sand that nicely to get a better smooth finish. You can sh- sand the paint? Is that that's you don't what go you on, do you in don't general? You a really heavy layer of paint. You go sort of a, a medium thickness coating. Don't build it up uh-huh. too high. And then you can actually sand that off. Interesting. Comes through. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever done that before. I was forced to learn that on the recent train project because <laughs> the sanding was not working on the edges of the hardboard. Mm, interesting. Okay, so that's that's kind of when you want to do the uh, set like edges protection, the, the kind of thing you're, you're you generally have to think about when you're building not just technically a boat, but any kind of terrain, tough terrain that's going to be moving around and be being jostled. Um, how about the general structure? I think we mentioned this a little bit, but we said, okay, so bottom, very bottom layer, hardboard or plastic card, something to protect something. And then we said um, the general structure, it sounds like, is we're both kind of decided on using XPS, the pink yeah, foam. Yeah, I think you want that type of styrofoam for it because it's so easy to carve. You need to get the thing of the boat is you need that rounded shape to it. Uh-huh. So styrofoam really lends itself towards that. Yeah, and then it's also cheap, and it can build up the entire bottom of your boat uh, relatively quickly and easily, because you just cut, like you said, right? Cut the the uh, side portions, basically, right? The shape that you need, uh, and then I guess would you would you make it hollow? I think it makes sense to make each wall uh, hollow because if you make a mistake on one of the walls, you can always redo it. Well, right? I, you I, don't want to have to like, if you make it entirely like one piece, uh, if you screw up one side, then you have trouble with the other side. Although technically you can try once like doing the entire thing at one go. And then if it fails, just chop it in half and, and, and so, do the other side again. So maybe you would actually use, don't use thick styrofoam. Maybe you just use half inch styrofoam and make yourself some templates so that you cut all the pieces individually and then build them upwards? Um, yeah, I would probably use half inch, yeah, on the side and basically cut one piece. And, and you, basically you want your, your boat roughly to be reflected, right? One mm-hmm. side the other. So um, yeah, yeah you probably want to make them, sorry? Ideally you don't have a lopsided boat, yes. Although technically, I guess boats are, will sometimes be like that, or if it's a real boat, right? Like they're built by hand, so it's possible they could just mess it up. They are usually built by craftsmen, not, <laughs> not crazy people. Not, these aren't reed boats made out of pop cans. That's true. That's true. So, so yeah, you definitely need to measure these things out. And I guess that's one of the going to be one of the hard things, right? Just making sure that the um, your curve is correct. So I guess. So when I start looking at this, you probably need to do a little bit of research to see what the actual curve of a boat is uh, on both sides. You probably want to choose a specific boat and say, okay, I'm going to copy this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, one where you can see the actual uh, curvature of the, the hull so that you can kind of mimic that correctly. That's one of those things that uh, when I created my little tiny rowboat, even though it was only um, like it's only a six person boat, uh, I didn't use a specific boat, and so I kind of had to like finick it 
<laughs> I just kind of eyed it, and I'm like, okay, this looks this looks about right, and then kind of um, continue. Whereas, ideally, yeah, sorry, rowboats go in all shapes. Yeah, I, I know, but like, ideally, if you're gonna do something that big, like like something that big is gonna take a lot more time. So I guess this is. Uh, similar to the the thing uh, we talked about before in our podcast about uh, finishing projects is that if you're going to do something this big, you need to be able to plan it out at least a little bit. You can't just wing it. Uh, and and the biggest thing I think will, will be the curvature of, of the boat, right? The general boatiness of the shape. Like you mm-hmm. need to make sure that even if it's not a real boat, it has to have the general shape of a boat so people will recognize it, right? So yeah. at the very least, you need to be able to at least plan out, you know, how your boat is going to curve, the general shape of it. The different know, like levels it, it might have. Yeah, exactly. And then you probably, I guess you probably want to do like a, a top level and a side side level, like just design, just to make sure that what you're looking at will make sense when you actually put it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the structure yeah. of the boat. Like mm-hmm. there's two ways you could probably approach the main structure of it, either like gluing all the styrofoam into one big chunk and then carving away at it, or like carving each, using the half of styrofoam and carving each of those levels and then gluing them together once you've got them cut to the shapes you want and then sort of trimming out the edges. That you could just cut each layer square, like draw a bunch of, like draw out on paper how you want that layer, the size of that layer to be for the shape. And then obviously the higher layer it goes, the wider it keeps getting. And then cut out those shapes, like cut the edges of that, just square. Then layer them all together. Then do the angling cuts once the whole thing is glued together. Because you know, now you've got the top of the styrofoam that's cut at the level you want the top to be. And then half an inch below that, you just trim it so that it matches up with the level of styrofoam below. It's kind of hard to describe in words, but basically Um, the top of each piece of styrofoam is the shape you want. And then you just trim below the very top of the board until it meets the level below. Okay. I get it. So you basically do it like Legos, right? So you do each level like Legos so that you get the general shape. So you don't try to curve each level first, right? You just cut them all square. Mm -hmm. You cut them all square. And so that way you can test fit the, the levels and, and see if the general shape in a kind of a Lego block pattern is generally correct. Then afterwards, because so, so basically your lowest level will, will be like slightly overlapped or, or right? Like there will be slight, a slight uh, difference, right? Uh, like overlapping, it won't line up exactly because they're, they're square blocks. And then after you've layered them all up, uh, and you you put them together, then you glued it. Then you go back and you kind of smooth it out. You basically trim off the corners of the square Lego blocks until mm-hmm. it's a smooth, nice thing. I think actually that makes the most sense uh, to do because you definitely, especially if it's not like a a one to one model, or even if it is, like you you're going to make some mistakes, and you need to be able to say, oh, this level was not correct, right? If you're doing it all in one go. Like, unless you're a master craftsman, Mm -hmm. uh, you're probably going to mess up a layer, right? So it's better to be able to to test fit and and do that. And and then curving it out, like trimming all the corners, is much less likely to mess up than 
than uh, if you're trying to do it all in one go. Yeah, because now you've got somewhere to aim for, for where the top of that half inch should be and where the bottom of the half inch should end yeah. up being. You only have to worry about the part in between to, to curve it. I, I would also consider not gluing it super well mm -hmm. when you're cutting it because you might screw up a layer and it would be great to be able to be like, oh, I screwed up this cutting of this layer when I tried to smooth it out to literally just break off the glue and then redo that layer. Yeah. So, you so feel, like you could possibly put toothpicks through the whole thing. Maybe don't even glue it. Just stab toothpicks. That's actually true. You can do a toothpick. Way down through it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, and like I said, I would do one half of the boat. Like your, your boat uh, first, like one and a half, like the both halves separately. So I would not make it like each layer one giant chunk of uh, foam. I would do, I'd probably do half and half. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably do the whole thing, but just if you do, when you do the template for doing the left side and the right side, mm -hmm. that just to flip the template over so that, like make a template of paper yeah. for each level. I would, yeah, I, I would probably do them separately. And then what I would do is to make it mirrored. Uh, mm -hmm. I would just layer two foams and then use, um, two layers of foam. I might actually use a quarter inch. It might be actually less likely to mess up if you use a quarter inch. Yeah, quarter um, inch foam's harder to find. So half inch is pretty No, what? No, quarter inch is easy. Really? Okay. Yeah, that's all, what I, all, all I buy is quarter inch. Um, well, if you, if you have, if you can only find half inch, then use half inch. <laughs> but uh, if you do quarter inch, what you can do is, uh, if you do half of both edge, you can literally layer both of the, the two pieces of foam on top of each other, cut once, right, along the, the, the line that you have. Uh, and then because they're layered, you can just, you know, flip it over. Yeah, and it becomes your template. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it becomes your other half. Right, yeah. so you have two layers. You cut it once, right, for one layer, and then you flip it over. Well, like if you if you mirror it, right, because you just mm -hmm. flip it over, it becomes the two sides of the boat. Yeah, that is true. If you do it half by half, you basically you're creating yeah. your template. You Maybe it's to too perfect. I don't mm -hmm. know, but yes. So so that means that you don't have to cut twice to have that same edge. Now you might have an issue with cutting over two. This is why I'm like you probably don't want to do it with uh, uh, a half inch. Uh, foam because wait am I thinking correctly maybe I am thinking half inch what is this this what's this half level? inch is about 13 millimeters because we're Canadian oh no I am thinking about half inch quarter inch is like yeah. no I'm thinking about half inch sorry my measurements are wrong okay so it would be half inch yep that's, that's right it's half inch and an inch right that's how they usually sell it yeah, and there's two inches, and two inches is common too. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I meant I meant half inch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. The principles are all the same. Yeah. So yeah, quarter inch. I was just thinking. Wait, wait a second. Quarter inch is really thin. No, half inch. You're right. Um. So use half inch. You you, you mirror it. Um. What was I saying? Blah blah blah. Yeah, you can skip making the paper templates if you do. Just cut it. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you don't have to cut once. Mm -hmm. um, and then you do have to be worried about, there's some, some sort of thing you have to be worried about, like cutting an inch deep straight, which maybe, maybe that's easier to, to cut twice, 
with a uh, quarter inch, right? Half inch? What? Sorry, half inch. Yeah. Yes. Quarter Cutting inch. Cutting it. Inch. It's just really hard to find. Yeah. Um, I wonder. I wonder actually if it actually is easier to cut just cut twice. It might actually be more accurate just to cut it twice. Use the mm -hmm. template and cut it twice. Yep. So different ways. But of doing you it. then have to cut twice. So I guess it really depends on the speed as well and, and the accuracy. Yep. Uh, maybe I, you know what I changed my mind. I would I would do it. I'd cut it twice. Now that I'm thinking about it. Okay. I still felt like I would do it uh, two halves and then put them together though. Yeah. Um, because the amount of times you're going to mess up one half of, of a cut. Uh, ideally, you never mess up, right? But if you mess up one, one half of the cut, you don't want to, you don't want to uh, mentally make yourself feel, feel like you need to keep a bad one side, one side of a bad cut because mm -hmm. you messed up the other side. Okay. And one side is perfect, right? So I would say just start from the beginning, two pieces, glue them together. Yep. All right, so once you've got this like basic shape out of the styrofoam, mm -hmm. I think the next most complicated part is actually gluing something to the outside of that. I'm sure some yeah. people, would cons you could consider just carving your boards into the side of the styrofoam, but I think I would mm -hmm. suggest against that. Yeah, again, it's the same you kind of thing we talked about before. Wood filler and try and carve that, but this, none of those options. Whoa, that, well, I guess there's a couple of issues. Uh, excuse me. Um, one of them is like we talked about before, just durability, raw yep. pink foam. XPS is easily damaged. Right. And you can obviously layer, you can, you can layer it. And it, it, in some ways you can do it with like, uh, I don't know. I, I do have raw walls and things like that, but with a boat in general, it's going to be moving. You're going to be moving it around all the time. Uh, and this is probably going to be the centerpiece, whether even if you keep it as like, you know, just if you're playing a miniature game where it's just docked, right? And it's just uh, one piece of a, like it's, it's a stationary piece. It's still going to basically become the centerpiece of your board. Uh, so you want it to look nice. So unlike a wall or something where it's, you don't matter, you don't care as much if it gets damaged or whatever, um, you want this to look freaking awesome, right? Right, so I guess this is one of those things that you talked about last time. It's like don't cut corners, man. This is going to be the centerpiece of your board. You know, take your time, make it look right. And I feel like if you're carving it, um, that's the damage is going to over time make it look not as nice. Yeah, I never see styrofoam train that lasts too too long. And then there's the there's a, another thing is that uh, if you do a building, your your general pink, uh, your general walls or things like that are going to be generally protected by let's say bracing pieces such as popsicle sticks you use as wood bracing or you have a roof or something like that so it's less likely to get damaged or as a boat because it's curved the outward feature of your 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 boat is going to be uh more likely to be pressed against or damaged and, and touched right because it's rounded and it's the external piece of of your board and it doesn't have a like a, a roof protecting you from your hands or your miniatures from like hitting it yes yeah, the part that's going to get rubbed when it bounces yeah. around in containers and everything else. Yeah, so I would care about that. And then the final thing is um, uh, your your outer hull is supposed to be, it should be layered wood, shouldn't it? Yeah, it's strip, it should be strips of wood for, we're yeah. going pirate era, so. Yeah, do they, do they, 
do the strips of wood layer on top of each other on a boat or are they all flat braced together like next to each other no they don't overlap each other they're all butted against each other okay don't worry about okay. my dad has built an actual wood boat and had to do this <laughs> but now with modern technology we have epoxy so you're like no. oh okay so you can seal it so how like do they se- how do they seal it in, in real boats in the old days did they oh, use oil? They, they, they put it in as close to each other as possible and they what, like rubbed everything with some sort of oil or some shit? Yeah, I think so. Oh my God, that sounds super dangerous. I'm so glad I never had to travel across a freaking ocean. You're like, what stops us from filling with water? Did, did they have electric pumps to remove the water? <laughs> they had uh, guys who were there. Was, oh my God, that sounds super dangerous. Wow. Ooh, scary. Um, so, uh, so basically whatever you put over top of it has to bend well. Yeah. Which, I mean, plastic card might be an option, but carving lots of plastic cards kind of annoying. So, and gluing, when you glue things, the plastic card, plastic mm-hmm. card isn't too porous. So mostly you want to glue plastic card with super glue when you glue it, but you can't really super glue to styrofoam. So I think plastic cards out. Yeah. I think you're basically... Well, the other thing with, with plat, well, you know, you can use plastic card, I think. Um, but it's, it's also the, the, like you want a wood grain texture and plastic yeah. card will not have it, which is to me the biggest issue, right? Again, it's the thing of like what you want to make to make it look as awesome as possible. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. So I would use balsa wood or uh, popsicle sticks. Yeah. Popsicle sticks, stir sticks sometimes bend well, mm-hmm. but like you want to get the, the the thin ones, right? The the it's the coffee sticks, right? Yep. Uh, I don't actually know. I have to to look this up. Like how how long are the pieces of wood that are layered in in a normal ship? Oh well, you probably want the pieces to be longer when you build it yourself because it's just a lot of work. And then maybe you can just. Hey carve. man, like I said, if you're doing this much effort, uh, you might as well uh, go for it. Well, no, I would suggest just carving in the joints. That rather than having them literally be separate pieces of wood for when there should be separate pieces, just to take one of those angled files, like one of the square files, and just carve in a joint into your longer That is true. And then the other thing is that generally they paint the hulls, right? Don't they? Or do they not? Maybe they don't. No, that they don't paint. When you're going back to that era, they weren't painting those things. I guess, yeah, because you can't repaint them anyways. Like you might have painted them at the beginning, but after you put it into the, the ocean, you're not, you're not painting it. Yeah, with modern era boats, you would often paint the wood boat. Like, a, just like a you bit paint the, the top, but you don't necessarily paint the bottom. No, you, would, you would paint the bottom, just like where it goes below water. Mm-hmm. They paint it and then leave the, the nice-looking wood exposed above the top. But in the era we're talking about, it's just all wood. Yeah, it doesn't make sense that even if you painted it originally, if the paint would wear off. Yeah. So it does make some sense that you wouldn't necessarily have it painted afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, so you're saying layer it over and then carve it in. So the problem with slightly, uh, there's some problem with popsicle sticks. They're harder to carve. Yes. Um, you're probably gonna need a knife Right. You, whereas if you use balsa wood, because it's soft, again, this is, I guess, a double-edged sword, I guess. It, it's soft, but it, it, it does protect your thing, but you can basically carve it with a pen. 
Yeah, and you've got the issue that the thing is curved, so now you're going to have to sort of shave down some of the pieces. What do you mean? Because if you've got a square building and you were going to build like the wall, like a wood wall for a building or a fence mm -hmm. out of popsicle sticks, everything's yeah. nice and square, so it yeah. doesn't change in width from top to bottom. Uh -huh. But once you start building a boat, now the pieces kind of need to taper a bit. Oh, you mean like each popsicle stick, even with the width, because it doesn't necessarily bend, it might not layer out. Yeah, your layers were so you're, you're, kind of weird. They're, they're pretty thin, so they and and you're not you don't have to model the the bottom of the boat where the curve is really pronounced. Yep. Right. So your own the the curve is going to be slight. So you might just get away with sanding it down. Yeah, you could right? leave some gaps and then fill them. Yeah, yeah, you can. You probably. I don't think the curve is going to be too bad. Mm -hmm. I don't think the 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 because it's at the top of the boat, right? Depending on, I guess on. No, I think in general the curve is is generally a, um, it's not a vertical. It's a horizontal curve. Is the is the big deal, right? Which is along the the stick, right? It's yep. going to be the bigger curve. The curve on the, the the vertical curve is much less, and I think you could probably get away with just you know doing a rough sand afterwards. So you probably could use popsicle sticks, um, and then just sand it down. The 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 horizontal curve is a bigger deal. But I think the whole bending thing, when you're gluing them on, you probably have to hold them for longer if you're using a popsicle stick so it doesn't snap back with the ball. Um, so actually, this is one of those things you can do is you can literally just kind of break the popsicle stick. Mm -hmm. So um, this is kind of actually what I did with um, with the, the, like the boat, right? Uh -huh. uh, is you can use... Uh, you basically take take a piece. So so one of the things I did was um, just broke it entirely, and then there's two two things you can do: break it entirely, so you have like basically little chunks, right, broken all, all across, uh, and then you afterwards you go back with some wood filler and mm -hmm. just fill in all the breakage points, right? Because technically you, it doesn't matter. You don't need the structural integrity of the the wood plank. You just need it to be shaped the correct shape, right? Yep. So all you need you, so you can just break it like. You don't break it fully so that it comes apart, but break it a little bit so it just curves, right? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and so it's like a thin layer of, of wood or, or of wood or, or your popsicle stick will, will still be there to, to keep it together as you glue it on. Uh, but the outer level, you're going to see a whole bunch of breakage points, right? Mm -hmm. And you want to basically, well, if you need to, you need to sand down, but you basically can go afterwards and just fill it with the crack filler. Yep. Right. So I guess the other thing we were talking before about making, because the popsicle sticks are too long to be a real piece of wood on a boat, that if you were going to use the corner of a file to carve in joints, you could just use those as the points you break it at. That's true. So you no longer yep. have to go back and do all that filling work. Yep. You got to be uh, careful not to break the whole thing at that point, but you know, it gives yeah. you to avoid yeah, the filling. It gives you an easy point. Yeah. And and technically, if you need to break it more, especially at the front of the boat, because the curve is so pronounced, you could just fill that portion in more, right? Fill all those snaps in and just any time you need that, that you know, the, the faintest of lines to show the wood uh, uh, edge, uh, you can just, you know, instead score it, right? Or even fill it and then just score it afterwards, right? Because, because you know, like with, with things. So actually that's a, that's a good, good thought actually. You could probably, I'm, I'm thinking popsicle sticks might be the way to go, again, for the structural integrity. 
Yeah, it also saves you the time versus balsa wood. Balsa wood, you'd have to cut into all the individual strips. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, the stir sticks, the coffee sticks already come in strips that are pretty So good. actually, you can buy balsa wood in thin strips as well. It's just way more expensive. Yeah. yeah just yeah. like plastic card, you can buy plastic card in strips, but it yeah. starts getting crazy expensive. They you pay you for the time they took to cut it, <laughs> to yep. cut it into smaller chunks. But it's, it's um, kind of worth it for the plastic card. This is totally an aside. Because if you start cutting plastic card into strips yourself, the knife now leaves like ridges that stick up and you've got to go shave all those down. So it's not nothing for your time. To- yeah. It, again, it's, it's just paying for the time. Right. And, and the same thing with the balsa wood, like considering the project you're doing, it might be, you can think about it in two ways. It's like you're saving time and this is a fun giant project. It's probably going to end up if you do it right, it's going to be a bigger, uh, what do you call it? Centerpiece to your game than your miniatures. Like, let's be honest, right? Like, if you have a f- freaking boat on your thing, it's going to mm-hmm. be the centerpiece. And then the, that, so the first thing someone will look at or you will look at when you look at your board will be the boat. And then it'll come to the, the people on the boat, right? Or the, the miniatures running around, right? So the first impressive thing, so, so you want to put in the time and maybe the effort. Now, at the same time, if you're building a boat, maybe that becomes really expensive to buy all the pieces. So... Uh, there is some sort of fun and coolness of saying of someone seeing your giant boat and they're like, wow, that's so cool. And then you tell them, yeah, it's made out of popsicle sticks and foam. This entire project took me $20, like in terms of cost. And that's like adds a level of impressiveness. Yeah, it's pure <laughs> to, uh-huh. Yes, exactly. So I would say in some ways it's worth it. I, Honestly, just looking at the cost that we have right now, it's probably over 20 bucks. Although technically maybe it won't be because you can buy like a very, the problem with the wood filler, like I think wood filler will be very, very important to, to yep. make things look good in the end. Um, what's the smallest amount of wood filler you can get? Like a $5 or something like that? Yeah, you go to Walmart and buy a $5 little thing. Okay, actually that's not so bad. Because I'm, I'm just thinking like generally I buy like 10 or, or even $20 of wood filler at one time. Uh, but that is because, you know, when I'm doing a larger piece, like I wood filler is so good for protective layer over pink foam or, or these kind of things. Uh, so I, but you know, you got to put that into the price as well. Yep. So in terms of now you've got these stir sticks and you've got to attach mm-hmm. them to the styrofoam. Mm-hmm. I think, I think you're going with hot glue gun, not on full temperature. You need to go like either low temperature with one that has a variable setting or just with a craft mm-hmm. glue gun. Because otherwise you will just... Oh, man, that's so dangerous. Forget no, that. I just no, take the I'm extra time. Uh, low, low you said that. this last time you said that. You said, oh, yeah, you can totally use a glue gun. And then literally the next time we talked about it when you were doing it, you're like, oh, yeah, I burned a hole in my foam. Yeah, that's okay because the foam didn't. <laughs> and you threw that foam away. Well, the one. issue there was I was ungluing on in this that project. I'm gluing on plastic card. And plastic card is not very porous. So you really need to get the hot glue smeared into the plastic card or this uh-huh. plastic texture sheet. But if you're gluing on stir sticks, stir sticks are nice and porous and you can stick glue to them really easily. So you don't need the glue to be at like maximum temperature to glue to that. It's, it, the issue is the plastic know, card. Plastic card uh, needs full temperature. I'd rather just do it, just, just take a little bit more time, do it slowly with uh, the uh, wood glue. Now, when you do wood glue, it's it is different. So there's there's definitely in terms of speed, maybe maybe the 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 glue gun makes makes sense if you can keep it at low enough temperature that it doesn't mess up your foam. It is quick. 
and and you don't have to you don't have to keep holding in place while it yeah you can basically just hold it there the other thing if you use wood glue you probably want to use um first of all it's going to take longer but Mm -hmm. in my opinion it'll actually probably be stronger in the end with the wood glue uh because the glue bond is going to be stronger um but you probably to hold it in place uh either you need to babysit it or generally what you're going to do is you need uh, elastics so you, so you put basically an elastic on both the edge, edge, right? So you, you do a portion and then you lay the elastic around to basically keep it as tight as possible. You probably need a, a couple of them. Um, would you be willing to compromise and glue the ends with the hot glue gun, like on craft glue temperature, not full temperature? Because the problem with the hot glue gun is if you leave, like if you try and do a long strip of glue, some of it will start to cool and then the part that you just applied will be nice and hot. So the part that you stick on that's nice and hot might stick well. But then if you haven't, the first bit of glue you started putting down might be a little dry and now it's turned hard. Oh, that's actually a decent idea. But if you yeah. only do ends, they're definitely hot. So uh-huh. it's going to bond well. Yeah. But then you wood glue in between to give you the long-term hold. That actually makes some, some sense. Now, but, but, okay, so I have a couple. So the, the first issue is, is the melting of the foam. But... I'll take your word for it. Let's say you can get it the right temperature so it doesn't do that. Your little the second issue I have with the, the glue gun glue is that it's very thick. That's why I just said you have to have it hot because if it's not hot and you stick it on, it can't press in and sort of squeeze out. It'll, okay. it'll form this block if you let it cool for very long. Yeah, so very I, long the difference is like seconds. But if you're only doing the two ends, you have enough control. You should be able to press it. Do it quickly. And, and, and do you remove the the excess glue? Because like with the because it's longer, right? You can actually like press everything together and then just literally wipe off all the excess uh, wood glue. It's mm-hmm. a lot easier if you're like let's say a little bit more messy, like I generally am. <laughs> Whereas if you have the excess glue with a glue gun, it's gonna stick out and it's gonna ruin your build as well. So yeah, so it should only stick out below like it doesn't squeeze too much but it may squeeze like if you're starting the wood strips from the top and working your way down it may squeeze downwards a bit which might interfere with the piece below but you can just take like the clippers you use for clipping sprues and just clip off the extra glue and then pull it off because mm. some of it will squeeze down and you don't want it interfering with the next piece but you just clip yeah, it off yeah that's the thing right with the wood and we're talking about small i think i think it's here. an interesting idea i need to try it out to see see how it is mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So, so the thing with the wood glue is and, and elastics is, it's actually the length of time is the waiting time. It's not actually the setting time, right? So it might end up like the, definitely there's issues, especially if if you didn't elasticize it or or it comes loose or or, or apart. That's going to be an issue, especially if you left it there. Then you got to like it's going to be a messed up board. You got to rip it off and, and redo it, which is we couldn't be huge trouble, but, um, but I, I'd have to see it, see how it goes. Right. Because you do, you can probably be a lot faster in terms of like letting it sit there with the, uh, with the glue gun. And you also need a variable temperature glue gun, right? So you can have a low temperature. Um, yeah. Or, or just the little craft ones never go too hot. Oh yeah. Yep. Hmm. I should see that. I should try that out. Um, but if, if, 
that works, I could, I could see that working. Otherwise just, you know, the other one is, uh, wood glue, glue the pieces and then make, put the elastics to keep them there. And like I said, you yep. probably want to do a little bit of the, even if, if, if it's, if you're worried about it snapping back up and it's only held curved because of the glue, I would just break it a little bit, just, just slightly in, in small parts so that it alleviates the stress. And you can always come back like after you sand it down, like, like how they do with real boats, right? You sand it down, then put in the wood glue. Maybe put the wood glue first and then you sand it down. Like you're already doing that stuff anyways. So it's fine. Right. And you don't need the, the wood as a structural integrity. So it's fine to snap it and then clean it up afterwards. Yep. All right. So that, okay. that seems like the hardest part um, on terms of the side, right? The panels that, that make it different than a house. How about the top level? So, so we've, we've layered this out. You probably want to put holes for your, your cannon ports and shit. So maybe you like, depending on actually, it also depends on what time your, your ship is going to be based in, right? Let's say if it's, uh, if you're doing a pirate seas, then you probably want those, those holes. It's on the, the second deck, uh, sorry, the lower deck right before the top. You probably need to cut out some holes. You probably want to have that idea before you layer on the wood paneling. It's yeah, going to be so. harder to cut, cut, um, cut those holes uh, if you want those those gun ports uh, afterwards, especially if you have a long piece of uh, um, glue uh, a long uh, stir stick or balsa. Uh, balsa wood is a little bit easier because it's soft, but like mm -hmm. cutting a hole in a bunch of uh, stir sticks because they're so rigid and then they're based on the pink foam, even though it, it retains it. If you try to press through and cut it with a, a knife, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be trouble. You're probably going to break something off. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to be worried about breaking something off. And then, of course, you have to, like, probably put in some sort of wood or, or uh, ridging around it to make it make it uh, cover up that, that edge. But you probably want to think about that before. Maybe even cut the hole. Don't even, don't even fill that hole with your, your sticks just to make mm -hmm. it work well. Yep. So you were talking about the once you get to the upper layer, because for the lower layer, for the bottom hull of the boat, you've got the styrofoam to glue against. But then when you get to the upper layer of the boat, you kind of want some little walls to stick up above the layer of your deck. Mm -hmm. So those become a bit more complicated because you've no longer got something to glue directly against. I'm thinking you probably want to use balsa wood for that because you have the balance of being able to bend it because it needs to form the round edge of the boat but also be somewhat sturdy. Mm, I think I would do the same kind of thing I, I did my boat. So I'd use like a plastic car probably. As a base oh, and then glue it on top. Card as a back, so use thinnish plastic card as a backing. Yep, on the inside, and then on both sides, you just put on the the wood, either your your balsa or whatever, to layer yep. it, and then it becomes a large enough thing that you can then layer the the top portion as well. Yeah. So with your plastic card, you might even want to score like vertical cuts in the piece to help yep. you bend it, just the same and way. And then score just the dig it straight into that pink foam, man. No, you could dig it in. You could either glue it to the side of the pink foam. Like, don't put your boards all the way to the top. Mm -hmm. And then glue it to the side. Yeah, you could do that. Or if you do that, though, you need, a, you need a strip. You'll need a, a wood strip to go along to, to cover up that uh, seam. Yeah. But yeah, you could do that. Or you could do an indent into the styrofoam or if you're going to yeah. be really precise. So, okay, yeah, yeah, that's I, could true. Agree on the, I could agree on the plastic card being easier to 
to cut into shapes and sturdier than a yeah. balsa wood backing because you can score the vertical bits. Yep. And you can and also make it bend. Yeah, and then you can use it as a template. Once you cut one side, you use it as a template to cut your piece for the other side once you like the shape before you yeah. glue it on. Yeah, or, okay. or you can make it double its length and just cut it. Mm -hmm. Like, do the bet scoring and then cut it in half. Yep. Okay, another yeah. wood glue or glue gun onto the side of the styrofoam. And then layer the, and then cover that with more stir sticks. The whole boat looks the same. Stir stick slash yeah. also whatever you've gone with. Okay. And then your deck, of course, like any kind of like whatever, you just got to layer your deck with stir sticks or, mm -hmm. or balsa wood. If you use balsa wood, then you can just carve it in, whatever, whatever you need to do. Yep. Uh, how about the mast? I think you go to the hardware store and you get dowels because you want those to be pretty sturdy. You want those to be solid wood. Yeah, that's true. You get the long dowels from the hardware store, maybe two different sizes, mm -hmm. one thick one for the mast and then some thinner mm -hmm. ones for the for the booms i don't know what a boom is but i'm going to guess it is the horizontal the, piece the, the, the horizontal piece yeah yes okay and so this one you probably i guess just need to see exactly what your uh ship your 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 model in whether it's a junk or it's a frigate whatever galleon mm -hmm. i don't know what the fuck they call them galleon Sloop. Yes, really big with a I, we literally just looked this up the other day. <laughs> uh -huh. Sloop. I think that was what they're called, the smaller ones. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and then you just look at the, the mass, you just put them together. I, you probably use string, right, just to do all of the, the rope. Mm -hmm. That's pretty yeah. cheap. Um, and then, yeah, and then you use, yeah, so... After you do that, basically the biggest thing is, is the wood. You, you want to sand it down, you paint it. Everything else basically becomes just like a normal uh, building build, right? Yeah, and you're probably going to have gaps between your things. So just I think wood filler is the way to go with any inconsistent gaps you've got between. Yeah, that you can fix up afterwards. Don't quite line up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, so how about things for like the, the steering wheel? What do you call that? Is it the yeah? I guess the wheel. Yeah. The steer, is it just called the steering wheel? I don't think it's got the word steering. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, but you know the 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 thing that yeah the thing that controls the rudder. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, would you just buy that? If possible, I think I would just try to buy that if possible. If I not, think so. Same, same thing with the cannons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I guess at that point, you're just looking at pictures and trying to model like small things like ropes and little like, you know, the little poles where they, they tie the rope to to keep the sails up and put them into the right spot. You know, you probably have some sort of doors or, or some sort of meshing to, to, to show, you know, like how, they, how to get to the below deck right um yeah and then from then that point it's just details small things just to make it look more boaty uh-huh so i guess that probably covers most of what we talked about for the building now going back to our start of that blood and plunder game mm -hmm. how much were the boats how much did those ones cost 50 bucks canadian yeah, somewhere 50 bucks and up. It's like the sloop, the smallest one was about 50 bucks. Uh -huh. They went up in price from that. So yeah. after all this talk, it's now like, 
what is your time worth? You've got to pay for <laughs> shipping too. And we're in Canada. So this is, this is, you know, doubling the price. Basically. Hey, if it makes it to the stores though, this, this is the thing. Yep. If you're buying a sloop, a $50 boat, um, if you can wait, first of all, it's going to take them a year. Oh, it's going to be a year. Yeah, yeah. So no, that is the biggest thing. Uh-huh. So if you can wait a year, you might just want to buy that like $50 boat, right? It's like a full sloop. And, and I think it doesn't have the, the rigging, I guess, the, the rope and the, the sail. But really, you can just buy that with cloth, right? Yeah. But overall, I totally agree. Just buy, buy, the, <laughs> buy the plastic thing if you want for, for that size. But mm-hmm. if you want to buy something that you can't buy, for example, if you want a junk, right? Let's say you want to go back in time because those boats are, um, what do you call it? Victorian, whatever, you know, like imperialist, imperial times, you know, what do you call them? Colonial times, Mm -hmm. colonial time boats, right? Uh, With cannons and things like that. If you want to go back a a time period, there's no boats. I don't even think there's a 28 millimeter jump, right? Let's say you want something that's more uh, based on the boats that were in Asia, right? Where during that time, right? Or you want a boat that is, uh, I don't know, whatever Sinbad used. I assume it's not a sloop. <laughs> so if you want those kind of boats, you kind of have to build it yourself, in which case you have no choice but to build it. Or if you're going to build this for a pirate thing, anticipating that year long wait for the Kickstarter to finish, so you can get your two sweet ass sloops like me. Maybe you wanted a, you want a bigger boat. Yeah, if you want like the showcase thing that's not meant to be like yeah. you want your galleon that's going to be attack each other. You want the thing at the port or that you're playing yeah. the whole game on almost. Yeah. If you want your okay. galleon, right, yep. as your your main thing, um I think that's like a $300 boat, right? And so you are spending a lot more time cuz it's going to be a lot bigger, but actually the hardest part is not going to be it's not going to be exponentially bigger and even if it is it's not going to track the price (laughs) right it's not going to be at least the price in terms of materials is not going to exponentially grow right no you're you might have to buy two packs of stir sticks now Ooh, Ooh. Uh i think you actually need more than one pack of stir sticks even for a smaller boat but you you, you might need that fourth pack of stir sticks yeah Yeah, so so if you're building a galleon or, or even like one of those bigger ones what do we call them frigates Mm-hmm. or or like just a larger whatever i don't know a larger boat then it makes sense you still got to do it actually now that we mention it maybe i want to build a junk uh-huh. and then have it set because like when we think about it in our game um so so blood and plunder is definitely you know the pirate game that i was uh, that made me excited about this kind of well it's the boats right i already mentioned ghost archipelago ghost archipelago is Set in a previous time, there's kind of more non-European feeling to the yeah, game. It's more, it's more the medieval era, pre, pre guns. Yeah, so I think it'd be cool to to have different, uh, you know, more Eastern style boats mm-hmm. when you know they're sailing around and doing all this trading. So I think uh, I think that'd be really cool. Um, now the only thing is though, if I do get the the blood and plunder boats, will they match? Because like they'll be from different eras. Will it make sense that I'll have like a a, a, a ship with no cannons versus <laughs> yeah, a ship with like, like uh, you get a 
the poor Islanders now. They've got no hope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is the colonial era. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It makes some sort of sense. Uh, All right. Uh, Yeah. So after all of this talk, do you think that you will be creating a boat? No, because it sounds like you're going to have a lot of boats. <laughs> I'm going to overlap. I'll, I'll, you're I'll anticipating my answer that, yes, I, almost certainly within this year, I will have attempted this this thing. And I will oh. have a I, – I just – now I have to decide. You're right. I don't want – I shouldn't just build another sloop. I should do something that it makes sense that that I couldn't do otherwise. So it's either a larger – a much larger ship – Maybe not even like a frigate because that's only like a hundred dollars, right? I should go for something that's so big that it would be like stupid for me to pay for it. But no one makes that in plastic because it would require like <laughs> several boxes of plastic. It's just a fantasy boat that is like super, super big. It's like a it's a it's a pirate boat the size of of like a modern hauler or something like that. okay maybe not that big because it's a kilometer but but yeah something like just ridiculously sized i think i think that would be fun i might also be trained out by building six fully interior medieval buildings oh my god actually i do have a lot of buildings which is which is why i might be like i don't need another giant terrain project so year. so the the other reason i need a boat is is because uh i am doing um shore shorelines and i'm working on for my terrain project is uh water right mm-hmm. and so i'm gonna have islands i have islands and some water and they're okay uh, but i'm gonna probably do more of these these kind of things and if i have water a water board right basically it's on the shore right with the shore shoreline on one side and water as most of the board you got to have something to do, right? So having a giant ship, like a monster, even if it's like a fantasy, giant monster fantasy ship in the middle, is like a great, interesting, different way to play uh, the game, right? Or a game. Yeah, it turns part of the water into a playable surface. Yeah. So um, I need to make the ship. Of course, of course. It is part of your journey. And I don't know if I want to buy a $1,000 or whatever ship. I don't know how, how expensive they get. Yep. all right so thank you for helping me with uh, the design for the ship yeah uh, i will yep. inspire to build some of their terrain projects yeah yeah if you have any uh any kind of uh boats that you guys are working on out there or you have any ideas or or, or suggestions on which what kind of boat i should do uh yeah give us a shout yeah we'd like to hear about them and see them maybe yeah all right this is me and alan it's been Brandon. Okay, done. We're at the end. If you want to uh, reach out to us, you can find us on Facebook at Dice Over Everything. Uh, join our group at Dice Over Everything group, or you can email us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Yeah, and if you want to see what we're working on, you can go to diceovereverything.com. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye.